Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Thing here on Sports Trade. Craig Minch, David Maddock. I, uh, I'm pleased to report that my my left foot that was bitten up by all of the fire ants is definitely feeling better today. I know everyone was very concerned with that update there. And uh, it doesn't look great. I would say that it doesn't look fantastic because, again, when you get bitten up by fire ants, uh, it's just not a pleasant-looking thing. But I am feeling better. So, uh, Davis, we're able to move on from that, was able to hit the treadmill two days in a row. I was very worried I wouldn't be able to do that. But the, the fire ant uh, debacle of 2021 seems to be in the rearview mirror. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. I was worried about you. I was thinking about, you know, I wanted to make sure that your your foot was healed for your uh, your upcoming time off. We got a long weekend. Uh, you know, are you going to be you're going to be getting out on the golf course with your son? You guys have uh, have a couple of rounds scheduled. You know, I, I need to make sure you were able to uh, to walk back and forth from the uh, from the cart. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, I think this week we have Saturday. I believe we have Saturday lesson, and then Sunday we have like a whole family uh, hitting the ball around too. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of that too. My son's birthday is Sunday. My son's birthday is July fourth. So yeah, we ha- we have a lot in store uh, going for sure, no doubt. And 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 Davis, before we get to the headlines here, maybe the biggest story of yesterday was my son playing MLB the Show. We're getting just destroyed playing this battle royale like I think we won one game out of five something like that and so my son is just very reluctantly opening up the packs that he got like these sort of ancillary packs team affinity I don't even know what it's called and then all of a sudden out of nowhere who comes walking through the door it's Ronald Acuna Jr. Diamond 94 he's like super excited so that changed his mood I mean, that's uh, it's about as good as it gets inside the game right now, other than, uh, of course, Mike Trout. You get him. You get about yeah. uh, 450,000 stubs. Ronald Acuna, yeah. pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's uh, that's that's how they get you. Like, that is how they keep you uh, motivated and, and playing in these games is they, they give you that little bit of serotonin drip right when they know you need it. It's, uh, it's very powerful. I mean, I love I love these uh, these card-collecting video games. They've, it's been a, a big passion of mine is I've gotten a little bit older, a little bit more disposable income. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, uh, let's get back to sports here tonight. We've got Eastern Conference Finals Game 4 between the Bucks and Hawks on FanDuel right now. Milwaukee is minus 6.5 on the road. Trey Young, by the way, listed as questionable due to a bone bruise. We have no update at this time. If we do, we'll give you one full slate of baseball games tonight, of course. Tuesday night in Major League Baseball is usually 15 games unless there is a rainout of some kind. And Wimbledon and Euro Cup action are getting underway, no doubt. But Davis, part of what we do here, of course, is we turn the page on the month of June and go to July. Of course, we're still going to cover. We've got the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline is just huge for both reality and fantasy. But these days, I know for you, the month of June means best ball fantasy football. Uh, I think the month of July is really, I think, for the average person who is out there where the awareness starts. Because I think that it's easy to be an expert and it's easy to be somebody who analyzes this and is drafting and say, yeah, I'm in this every day. I get it. I get what you do. But the average fan, until they see somebody throwing a pass on a field or guys in pads, it doesn't really hit them. And we are basically two days away from the month of July. So that's coming. 
Yeah, we got uh, we got training camps coming up. We are uh, we are very close to when we are going to start getting the absolute deluge of news that uh, that comes out of NFL training camps. You know, guys are unfortunately we are going to have some guys who get injured. That's just the nature of the game. Guys get injured at uh, at training camp every single year. Not really anything you can do about it. We have positional battles. We have you know quarterbacks in new places. We have rookies that we are waiting to hear about, and uh, that's going to be something that we talk about here in the next segment. But Craig, I, I think you're right. You know, I think that I am certainly in the minority here in June. You know, drafting these best balls, uh, accumulating my portfolio of uh, drafted players. But I think that your average fantasy football player, they really start in July to start paying attention and start to, uh, you know, figure out, Oh, I like this guy. I don't like this guy. Oh, this guy's on this team. Oh, this team has a new coach. I think you're right. It's July when people really get going. Yeah. And then August is when people really start drafting, but I think the awareness of it definitely comes next month. And it's interesting that this morning uh, in the midst of everything else that was going on, just kind of a personal story, I got an email, and I won't get into you know the very specifics of it, but I got an email from a friend basically saying that he's uh, you know talks fantasy baseball, he does it on the air, and and is like right in the middle of the season, and basically was told that his show is done and everything is moving over to fantasy football. And believe me, for ten years. That is exactly what I, I sort of dealt with, of having to deal with that and just kind of punting halfway through the fantasy baseball season and going to fantasy football. Now, here on this show on SportsGrid, usually a couple times a year, I will mention, just to, so people who have been following us all year long, um, right up until the start of the football season in September, we are still going to cover daily fantasy in baseball and season-long coverage in baseball. We do a two-hour show, and our network is on 24 hours a day. There is no reason why, simply put, we can't cover everything for you. There is no reason why we just have to touch on one topic and one topic only for 24 hours, at least until the games begin. I know that most of you are super engaged into drafts in August and September, and trust me, out of the two hours of our show every single day, we will be doing the majority of it on fantasy football. But the baseball season uh, certainly rolls on. And for us to help you in DFS for four months and then ignore you the rest of the way would be doing a disservice to what I do here on SportsGrid. So you can rest assured that that is going to continue here on the show right up until the football season begins. Fantasy football discussion, we're all about that too, though. And we'll do some of that next. Stay on the grid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. Nothing like going on a, a one-minute rant about how we're going to cover everything. And then we get right into fantasy football. Seems like a perfect segue here. But nonetheless, we are headed to the month of July, which means training camps do open. And uh, for me here in South Florida, it is Miami Dolphins land. So, of course, a lot of focus from the people that I follow and, and in sports media there. Davis, of course, uh, you know, has a lot of love with the Kansas City Chiefs, which is, of course, where uh, Davis lived for many years. But certainly, I think that there are going to be a lot of issues going into training camp that we're going to get to figure out. And Davis, I think, as you mentioned, what's really important, and you use the word diluge, because that's really what it is, all the reporters being back and able to watch training camps for the first time in two years, I don't think there's any question that we're going to get more information and legitimate information this year that we didn't have last year. Now, there, there are different people, Davis, feel differently about different reporters. I think you have to understand who the reporter is, what they represent. Is it a team reporter? Is it a uh, publication, a news reporter? But more information is only going to help us. And I'm excited about seeing that, I believe, in a couple of weeks when camp's open. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Last year, a lot of what we got was very secondhand. It was what players wanted us to know. It was what coaches wanted us to know this year. Uh, it is going to be different. We are going to have established journalists at practices, and they're not going to be able to tell us everything. There are some things that they can't say, you know, due to the, the rules of reporting that are in place. But we're going to know, you know, which rookies are already playing with the starters, which running back are getting more touches. Like, we're, we're going to learn a lot from this preseason. And, and I thought that, you know, kind of the idea behind this segment is what should we actually be paying attention to? What nuggets should we be listening to as training camps get started so that we know, you know, what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to? All right. So let's start off in New England where there really is no controversy per se, because I think that when you draft a quarterback as early as the Patriot, we know that their future inevitably is going to be handed over to a former first-round draft pick out of Alabama, Mac Jones. But Davis, Cam Newton is certainly still there. I think most, if they watched the games last year, would understand that I, I thought Cam Newton was better than what, it, what the stats looked like. And I don't know what, what happened there, if you didn't understand the offense or the COVID issues or whatever. He also, if people keep forgetting this, he almost beat Buffalo single-handedly. If he didn't fumble on the one, they would have won that game. Um, but I, I don't know, how, how does New England handle this thing? Is this something we're going to have to watch in, in training camp? Is there a chance, do you think, that with three preseason games, if, if Mac Jones comes in after preseason game number two, plays an entire half and just wows everybody that he could be the starter week one? What are we looking for here? So I, I definitely do think Mac Jones just starting from week one, if he has a particularly strong training camp and if he shows out well in the preseason, I do think there is a situation where we might see Mac Jones starting from week one. And I think this is an important storyline because this was going to impact how we draft. If Mac Jones is a starter and not Cam Newton, I think we have to like both of their tight ends, Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry more, and particularly James White, who is just absolutely free in drafts right now. If Mac Jones mm. is starting from week one, I, I think he's in line for another 60-catch season. Yeah, and, and I think that with New England, you, you mentioned something about maybe like a platooning quarterback situation where, where Cam Newton is still involved, and that, and that definitely could be part of that conversation too. We'll keep an eye on that one as we go. Uh, the other quarterbacking situation and coaching situation is definitely going to be in Carolina because – Look, Sam Darnold went back for a final season, Davis, at USC. But coming out of his junior year, there were people who said that Sam Darnold was 
the best quarterback coming out since Peyton Manning. Like those were the conversations that we're having. He took a little bit of a step back and then we know what happened with the Jets. I'm kind of trying to circle back here to show that maybe there's more there because the the quarterback coach at LSU made Joe Burrow into the first pick overall in the draft. Now, uh, Teddy Bridgewater played there last year. The first half of the season, we were looking at Davis thinking, my gosh, this guy Brady, Joe Brady, is going to make Teddy Bridgewater a superstar. And then he you know, kind of went back to who he was. What do you think happens with Sam Darnold here? Brady interviewed, I think, for four different head coaching jobs. I don't know what happened in those interviews. I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere. Can he make Sam Darnold into Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, I I do think that there is maybe a 5% chance that Sam Darnold can do what Ryan Tannehill did, right? Ryan Tannehill gets away from Adam Gase. He turns into an all-pro quarterback, an MVP candidate, a guy who can lead his team to a conference championship with the Tennessee Titans. Now, I think it's pretty low, but I think Darnold has, he clearly has the physical tools. He can make all the throws. Uh, you know, everyone remembers that 55-yard rushing touchdown he had on uh, Thursday night where he looked explosive. Like, I, I think he's got the talent, and I think Joe Brady is an amazing offensive coordinator based on what he did at LSU and and also what he got out of Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Bridgewater, we know, is a very safe quarterback, not going to take a ton of chances, definitely not going to win you games. He's just kind of going to not lose you games. And I think Darnold is the type of guy who in the right situation can be a game-winning style quarterback. So I'm going to be very curious, just like, do the beat writers say Darnold looks good? Is Darnold getting along with Joe Brady? Like, do they look like a cohesive offensive unit? I, I think that is going to be huge because DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, these guys are all priced like, like Darnold is just going to be Teddy Bridgewater. And if Darnold lives up to his billing as a top pick, I think that can definitely change. Yeah, and Matt Rule uh, as head coach uh, at Temple and even uh, at Carolina is known more as a defensive coach. And, and certainly they have a general manager there in place, Davis, but for th- for for Sam Darnold to come to Carolina, Joe Brady's got to endorse that. Joe Brady's got to be looking at that film saying, hey, I can make this guy into something. So some of this is going to go on Brady too. I will be a little bullish on Darnold as a QB2 going into the season. I want to see that play out. I may be more bullish on him than I am Ben Roethlisberger, Davis. I I just don't know what we're headed toward this year with Big Ben. It feels like we may be hanging on to this a year too late. Uh, I I, I mean, could they have turned the page this this offseason? Maybe. But the other thing that's happened in the last four or five years is we've doubted Ben Roethlisberger, and then he's come back. And he's been not only viable, but he's really helped out Pittsburgh and he's helped out that offense and thrown these bombs and he comes out of the game, looks like he's out for the year and then comes back and throws for three touchdowns. But it all ends eventually for for quarterbacks in this league. Does it end this year for Big Ben? Yeah, it does all end eventually. And Ben, the last two seasons, has just not been good. 6.3 yards per attempt last year, uh, 5.7 yards per attempt in two games last year before he tore his uh, his ulnar collateral ligament. So kind of the question for me is, can Ben Roethlisberger just be okay? Because I think even if he is just okay, Craig, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, Pat Fryermuth, like they have a really talented offense. Now, granted, the offensive line is not very strong, and they just uh, lost uh, David DeCastro to an injury. I believe they put mm-hmm. him on the non-football injury list. Not great there. 
And the Steelers have been this perennial powerhouse the entire time Ben Roethlisberger has been their quarterback. You know, more double-digit win seasons than not. Multiple uh, Super Bowl championships have won the division, you know, more times than you can even count. And that's an incredibly tough division. The Bengals are finally not a doormat with Joe Burrow. The Baltimore Ravens might be the second-best team in the AFC. And the Cleveland Browns are finally not uh, a laughingstock. So I, I think Ben Roethlisberger's health you know, certainly defines a lot for fantasy football because if we are treated to Mason Rudolph, you're not going to want Deontay Johnson. You're not going to want Chase Claypool. You're not going to want Juju Smith-Schuster. And by the way, Najee Harris, an early second-round pick, you're not going to enjoy having Najee Harris if Mason Rudolph is the quarterback. We know that much for sure. Yeah, uh, let's end with this real quick. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has certainly said all the right things since the San Francisco 49ers acquired Trey Lance. It was reported that he he reached out to him uh, Garoppolo last season, you know, didn't look anything like the guy they paid all that money to. Do you sense that he'll get traded? Do you think that he will get traded? It kind of feels like he's being the company guy to get paid and just, you know, keep the seat warm a little bit. I think he will not be traded. I think he probably starts more games than anyone wants him to. And I think the 49ers are good enough. They'll win with him starting games and it's going to be a little bit weird for everybody involved. Yeah. feels that way, but it doesn't feel that way for the Pittsburgh Steelers who were a juggernaut for fantasy football and it have been a juggernaut is this the year that it changes we'll go and take a look at their projections for 2021 our best ball preview is next reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Football here on Portrait. Fantasy football season is about a month away. Training camp is coming up real soon. We'll have it covered for you here every day on SportsGrid. And if you go back and check out our YouTube channel, you can see all of our team previews that we've been doing as we get closer to the fantasy football season. Today, our focus is on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Davis Maddock has been participating in what's called best ball drafts over on the NFBC, which essentially means you draft a team in June. You're crazy, but you do it, and then you just hope that everything works out by the end of the season because you're not allowed to touch those teams. So uh, Davis is the expert here when it comes to doing that, full transparency. How many best ball drafts have I been in in 2021? Well, that answer is zero. But I could always use a little help because I know I will be drafting a lot in the month of August and September. So Davis, let's dive in. Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about Ben Roethlisberger quite a bit previous segment. Let's get dive back into him right now. 3,800 passing yards, 33 touchdowns last season. It was the first time over the course of his career that he had doubt and then those doubts were realized in a regular season game. Because usually when we doubt Ben Roethlisberger, Davis, he comes back and we say, oh, we were all wrong. He's still real good. He still throws bombs. 
he's going to throw to Plaxico Burris or Antonio Brown or uh, Juju or any of these receivers that they have. He's going to make another receiver into a wide receiver one in fantasy. But last year was the first time where we went, whoa, this may not be happening anymore. Yeah, last season, it uh, it got pretty rough. I mean, the, the entire Steelers offense was kind of based around the fact that the offensive line was not particularly good. So there was lots of quick throws. The, the Steelers just were not throwing the ball deep. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster led the team with receptions, 97 receptions, 831 yards, 6.5 yards per target. Deontay Johnson, 923 yards on 88 receptions, 6.4 yards per target. Uh, their only player with more than eight yards per target was Chase Claypool, uh, 62 receptions, 873 yards, and 11 touchdowns from him. You know, I, I, I think that Roethlisberger clearly has, you know, kind of the same advantages that, you know, we saw Tom Brady have, that we saw Drew Brees have. They, they, he has been surrounded by premium skill position players later on in his career. You know, I think the Steelers are up there with every organization in football in terms of best grouping of pass catching personnel. Ben Roethlisberger is very cheap in these drafts. You know, goes about the 25th quarterback off the board. There are concerns mm-hmm. about his age, concerns about his health. You know, just there are a lot. And then the offensive line is not going to do him any favors. But if he stays healthy for all 17 games, I mean, he, he is just in a great spot to throw to a bunch of amazing pass catchers who are going to make him look better. Well, the one thing that the Steelers did not have, as they usually have had, is the running game. And so they chose in the draft to take Najee Harris out of Alabama, who was a superstar at Alabama. Make no mistake about it. Catching the ball, running the ball, he was fantastic. Uh, Benny Snell will be the backup going into this season. Not Le'Veon Bell, but Benny Snell. And I'm going to end up being wrong on Benny Snell. I thought he'd be great. I saw him play in college at Kentucky and tore up every team in the SEC. And it does not look like they're going to give him a shot. I hope he gets to go somewhere else and play. I guess I'm just going to be wrong, Davis. I thought he'd be great. Anthony McFarlane is their third down back. So uh, Najee Harris starts. If something doesn't go well, it goes to Benny Snell. But my guess is they are just going to literally give Harris as many touches as he can handle going into the season. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think we are just going to see a lot, a lot of Najee Harris. Um, And this was kind of one of those weird draft picks where it seemed like ownership got involved with the draft selection. Uh, There was a report that the uh, Roonies who own the team were, you know, just very displeased with what ended up happening with the running game last year. They were an awful running team last season. Najee Harris last year at Alabama, 251 carries, 1,400 rushing yards, 26 rushing touchdowns, 43 receptions, 425 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns. He was a total superstar at Alabama. Now, had I been running the Pittsburgh Steelers, I would not have drafted Najee Harris. I would have gotten my offense some help on the offensive line, but certainly they will look a little bit better giving the ball to Najee Harris instead of James Conner. You are having to pay absolute full price for Najee Harris at this point. He goes about 15th, 16th overall in fantasy drafts early on in the season. It's very, very rich. I, I do have real concerns about this offensive line, but I think you are right, Craig. He is going to have the ball a ton. I mean, he he is probably a favorite to see over 300 touches as a rookie. And, you know, we, we do love that guaranteed volume in fantasy football. Yeah, I, the volume will be what Ezekiel Elliott had his first year in Dallas. I think that's a good comparison, but I just don't know that the production will be there. If it comes close, then he's worth that 15th pick for sure. I just don't know if he is. 
Okay, at wide receiver, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster tested the waters. He's back in Pittsburgh again, 831 yards and nine touchdowns last year. Deontay Johnson couldn't hang on to the ball as much as Pittsburgh would have liked, but when he did, he looked all the bit of, of a wide receiver. One, uh, Claypool in his rookie season, uh, we probably shouldn't indict him for anything, but the number's a little deceiving here. He had 11 touchdowns, and I think he had seven in two games. And the rest, he was quiet. And James Washington is the guy that everybody wants to be something that he never is. That's kind of how I feel about him. But their wide receiving core, Davis, is really talented. Yeah, I mean, James Washington, about as good of a fourth wide receiver as you are going to find. Chase Claypool, I am a a gigantic fan of Chase Claypool. Uh, He was phenomenal in their playoff game. Really, he was kind of one of the only guys who showed up in that playoff game, scored twice there. Uh, had a three touchdown game in the re- actually he had a four touchdown game in the regular season had another uh, two touchdown game he was I, I mean he was phenomenal uh, the guy who gets the most amount of crap of the Steelers wide receivers is Juju Smith Schuster you know people are are down on Juju Smith Schuster he actually is the uh, Steelers wide receiver who goes the latest in drafts Deontay Johnson goes about Ooh. pick fifty five. Chase Claypool goes about pick 65, and Smith-Schuster goes uh, at about pick 80. However, I think their offense this upcoming season is going to be very similar to how it was last season. I expect Smith-Schuster to lead this team in receptions, and I expect Chase Claypool to lead this team in touchdown receptions. You know, those are the roles that they are best suited for. Deontay Johnson is an interesting character. He led the team in targets, but not in receptions. He was... uh, he had the worst drop rate of any player with over 100 targets last season. Now, I, I don't think this is a huge deal. You know, I'm not trying to indict him. A lot of the times we focus too much on drops. A lot of the time that just means that guys were getting open and being targeted in difficult situations. The problem with Deontay Johnson is he really was a fairly inefficient player. And I think that if you are going to play him on the outside with Smith-Schuster in the slot, I think one of the problems you might find is that Smith-Schuster is the more effective player, and if he is more effective than that, you know, I just, I don't know if they will keep up with the crazy targets for Deontay Johnson. Yeah, and and someone had mentioned, I read some something in fantasy, you know, not the same player, but Brandon Marshall had, at the beginning of his career, a lot of drops similarly to Deontay Johnson. They were really highlighted, and then uh, year two or three, whatever it was, became a star in the NFL. Maybe that's what happens with Deontay Johnson. Okay, over to tight end, Eric Ebron, five touchdowns, 558 yards. Pat Fryermuth from Penn State is their backup tight end. Eric Ebron, Davis, is, is also a pretty solid tight end. I just feel like every time he catches the ball and goes down, he's not going to get up. That's, all, that's always my fear. It, it feels like he's going to get hurt on every play, Eric Ebron. And so that's always my fear when I look at him. I think, oh, my gosh, if I draft him, I have to have another tight end to play. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, I think that is fair. And Eric Ebron, I mean, you talk about a guy who is getting crazy discounted in these drafts. Eric Ebron is extremely cheap in these drafts. I mean, you can get him with your 16th round selection, but he is a pretty key part of the Steelers' offense. He played in 15 games last season, 91 targets, 558 yards, and five touchdowns. I, I think he is uh, a pretty interesting discounted guy. And then also, you know, if you think – Something happens to Chase Claypool. You know, something happens to Smith-Schuster. Something happens to Deontay Johnson. He is going to be in line 
for a, a greatly increased role in this offense. Fryermuth, uh, probably not for this season, not that interesting of a guy for us to talk about. But I think, you know, from a dynasty perspective, he might uh, he might find himself being fairly interesting. He was definitely involved as a receiver at Penn State, uh, you know, 16 touchdowns, including eight as a true freshman at Penn State. Pretty big deal to score eight touchdowns as a, as a true freshman at a, a power five school. But uh, I mean, Ebron is the one who looks like a value. I, and again, it all hinges on Ben. If Ben is good, stays healthy for 17 games. Deontay's a value, Juju is a value, Claypool is a value, Ebron's a value, even Najee Harris might out-earn value mm-hmm. there at, uh, at you know, 15th overall because of how much volume he's going to get. Like, he might see more touches than Ezekiel Elliott. He might, ca- I mean, he might catch 70 passes if the Steelers stick with this short passing game. So I think, you know, it kind of just all comes down to what does Ben do? And I, I don't have the answer to that question. All right, but you have an opinion. So do you think this is it? Do you think this is the final season of, of Roethlisberger at quarterback in the NFL? You think he's done after this year? I, I do think he's done after this year. I think, it, I think it would have been smarter for the Steelers to try and trade up in the draft. You know, it looked like Fields was falling. We saw Mac Jones fall a little bit. I think that's the direction I would have gone. It's not the direction they went, and I think ultimately they are going to pay that price. All right, fair enough. Uh, we've got to take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports today, but coming up next... It is time for a little fantasy or reality. We're going to talk about a top prospect in Major League Baseball. Also talk about some college football potential games being played in baseball stadiums this year. And interestingly enough, a story about a message in a bottle. So stick with us and stay on the grid here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. we got plenty more to come as well as the Sports Grid 60. Also, don't forget, you can catch us every day, noon to 2 Eastern, right here on our show. And with that, we'll take a quick break. Also coming up later today, Scott Perel going coast to coast as well as in-game live. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, we're back in just two minutes. Don't go away. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sometimes what you don't see are things that are going on in the background here at Sports Grid and, of course, on our timelines on social media. And one of those things is the Euro Cup. And it feels like, Davis, from seeing what's going on, they're going bananas in England right now. But apparently uh, missed opportunity to tie the game up. I don't want to get into too many details. You, you have the lead on this one. So what's going on in this game? Yeah, England finds a lead. Uh, I, Raheem Sterling is the uh, the only English player to have scored in this tournament. They have three goals. They've all come at the great time. They've all been from Raheem Sterling, who has been their best player. He slots home a nice goal. About five minutes later, Germany steals a pass. 
breakaway, clean through on net. Uh, Thomas Mueller straight up against the goalkeeper. He's got a wide open net to shoot it into, and he scoots it about three feet wide of the net. I mean, this this was probably a finish I, I think you could have made. Craig, I, it's not not wow. a, not a difficult finish from him. It was it was pretty bad. It was it was not pretty to watch, and I think he's going to be regretting this miss for a long time. Even with a foot banged up with fire ants, I could have done it. Wow, that that just tells you how easy maybe that was, no doubt. All right, well, we have our producer Brett Levy in the house today for some fantasy or reality. Brett's all ready to go here. He's all prepared with some very interesting questions here true or false questions for our fantasy or reality segment so brett what do you have for us today all right craig and davis well jason dominguez uh you may have heard of him he was uh he's now 18 but he was signed as a 17 year old had never played professional baseball before was being compared to greats like mike trout and mickey mantle all over the place well he finally made his major league baseball or not Major League Baseball, professional baseball debut yesterday. He went 0 for 2, participating in the Florida Gulf Coast League uh, for the Yankees team down there. Uh, So we got to ask, because his professional baseball career is underway, Craig, we can start with you. You are buying in on Jason Dominguez. Is this a fantasy or reality? All right. Well, there's there's a couple. It's not an easy answer here. So I'm I'm gonna say fantasy. So I'll I'll, I'll sort of explain why. I, I think there is a chance that this kid could end up being very good. There is no doubt. But the one thing that happens as it pertains to uh, players on the New York Yankees is that these prospects and the, the word that we use in fantasy a lot is helium. These prospects on the Yankees get more helium than any other prospect in the in the country. It, it just happens every single year. We hear about how great a Yankees guy is going to be. Sometimes they end up being really good. I mean, sometimes, I mean, look, say what you want about Gary Sanchez and say what you want about Glaber Torres. They both were really good at one point, and they were supposed to be. But for all of those, there are some others that don't come close or don't work out. Like we've been hearing about this Davey Garcia. He's going to be a star. He's going to be an ace. He's going to be a Cy Young Award winner. He hasn't turned out to be that. He may end up being that. But I'm going to say fantasy, Davis, because if Jason Dominguez was on the Seattle Mariners, we probably would know about him like we know about Kellenick and Julio Rodriguez, but he would not be getting this kind of hype. And it's it's unfortunate for him, and it's not fair. We've been seeing his videos for two years now without him even playing in a professional game, but I'm not going as far as as everyone has said on him. So I'll say fantasy until proven otherwise. Um, you know, I, I think I am buying, but it's, I just think that he is like, uh, this fascinating story because when I was, uh, getting into the cards of which, you know, we've talked about cards a ton on this show, Jason Dominguez never, you know, having taken a professional at bat, his Bowman Chrome autograph cards were like some of the most expensive baseball cards you could buy period. Like he was, he was being treated like Mike Trout's rookie cards already, you know, without having ever even donned the Yankees uniform in a professional game, his cards were were going through the roof. So I, I just thought that this was funny that, you know, I, I've never seen Jason Dominguez play, don't know anything about him, but I know how expensive his Bowman, his Bowman Chrome, you know, his first cards are just simply because of all of this hype. You know, they, they refer to him as an alien. 
They say his bat speed is like nothing else you've ever seen. And I, I mean, I hope that, you know, I, I wish him well, but I, I'm buying in on him just based off all the helium from the card market. Yeah. And, and I remember uh, over the last year, you're absolutely right. Like now cards have gone down significantly. I think that everybody's aware of that now, 30, 40% on a lot of those, especially the ultra modern variety. So he is responsible for that as well. But just consider this, uh, you know, and PSA, by the way, is going to open back up on July 1st to some degree. But imagine, Davis, all of the Jason Dominguez cards that were sent in over the last few months with people thinking they were going to put their kids through college with these cards. And I don't know. There's going to be a, a lot of drop off on him until he hits the big leagues for sure. But I agree with you on, on the, in that sense, too. His card market was insane for a while. All right, Brett, what's next? All right. Well, in the olden days, uh, before Davis in my time, they they used to play football games in baseball stadiums. And it seems like we're working our way back there because this college football season, it was announced yesterday, Petco Park, where the Padres play, will be the home of the Holiday Bowl. There's also going to be a new bowl at Fenway Park this year. Uh, we've seen the new era pinstripe bowl at Yankee Stadium. There's another bowl game played where the San Francisco Giants play. Last year, the Northwestern Wildcats were supposed to make their return to Wrigley Field. So we have a trend. So we're going to ask, and Davis, we'll start with you. You like college football games in baseball stadiums. Is this a fantasy or reality? Yeah, you know, I wonder if this is uh, a weird opinion of mine, but I actually love it. Uh, I love they play the pinstripe bowl at Yankee Stadium with the weird dimensions. You know, it gives me it gives me old vibes of like, you know, the old Oakland Raiders playing with the infield in, uh, you know, on the 50 yard line. Like I I actually love that stuff. I think it's uh, I think just kind of adds like a cool little bit of extra flavor to the game. I, the only reason I, I remember the pinstripe bowl is when I was attending Kansas State University, uh, we, we were playing in the pinstripe bowl. We were, uh, we were not particularly good uh, every year. I was there one year. We were the number one team in the country before we lost to Auburn at home due to uh, uh, Chandler Cantonelli missing a field goal. And uh, don't think, don't think he uh, saw him. I don't think he came back to campus for a while after, uh, after that miss, but I, I like this. It's cool. It's a little bit extra flavor to the games, Craig. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to clarify here, Brett, did you say the olden days? You're too young and the olden days? Did you just refer to me as the olden days here? Like you literally the good just old that. days. The good old days, you know, like when the when the Jets were playing at Chase Stadium and uh, the Giants were at Yankee Stadium, you know. He just referred to me as the olden days. I mean, my gosh. He really did. It's a bad look. A bad look for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with this. I, I think what happens is it's a little bit, first of all, it's a reality. I like it too. But it, it is a little bit overrated. The novelty does wear off after seeing it for the first time. I would say that. But Davis is right when they play the pinstripe bowl there. Uh, and, and, I, and I've seen this happen in a lot of baseball stadiums before. And they'll have it again. And it'll be really cool the first time and everyone will make a big fuss and then no one really cares after that point. Uh, novelties like that do run out pretty quickly. But Petco is a new place. I don't recall hearing about a football game being played at Petco. So that that one is a new for, a new one for me. So I'll be into that. And if they choose to play some in some other new places for the first time, I'll be in on that as well. So I'll say reality, but only really for the first time. Then it wears off. 
All right. Well, we're going really old in times here because a boat captain in Michigan found a 95-year-old message in a bottle, which, which raises the question for us. And Davis, we can start with you for this one. You own something 100 years old or older. Is this a fantasy or reality? Well, I was uh, I was really thinking about this because I wanted the answer to be yes. I you know I wanted to have something you know some artifact or some memorabilia, and I was thinking you know did I get anything from my grandma? Do we do I have like a, a family heirloom or something like that? And I know I know that there are a couple things that my grandparents have from their parents or from their grandparents that are a hundred years old. Like I I think we have uh, you know some stuff my my dad's family's from the Czech Republic. And I know we have some stuff from our family back overseas that they brought over with them that my grandma still has. But for me, I don't believe that I own anything personally. I don't think I have anything in my house that is a hundred years old or older. You know, I, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that, but I am a little bit surprised because uh, knowing a little bit about your background in terms of investing and, and money and things of that nature. So this one, when I saw this, and by the way, the reason why we're doing this is because somebody, as, as Brett mentioned, uh, found a message in a bottle. It was 95 years old. It had an address. It says, if you find this, please deliver it to this address. I mean, who knows how this, this bottle even got to sea? Was it off a plane? Was it off a boat? No one really knows. It was in the middle of the ocean. But Davis, yes, this is a reality for sure, because if, if you collect coins or you collect silver or gold, all of those intrinsic value and numismatic value are all beyond 100 years old. And as a matter of fact, I thought I would bring one out here for the show today after I saw that. So I'll bring it here. Let's see if you guys could see it. Let me bring it back into focus here. It's a little glare. There you go. Okay, much better in front of my face. So right there, that is a coin that is exactly 100 years old. That's a 1921 peace dollar and uh, it's, it's graded and everything like that. I don't grade a lot of coins anymore, but I used to be very into it. But, but Davis, all of the 90% uh, silver coins, Morgan silver dollars, peace dollars going back are all uh, over 100 years old. And of course, I definitely am a believer in silver coins and gold coins. And so therefore, I do have a lot of things that are uh, 100 years and, and older. So I, I know that some of your stuff is online, and I guess that's probably like an easier way to invest. Uh, but for me, uh, I was a very big coin collector, put together books of like old coins, stamps. I don't have stamps, but I know there are stamps that a lot of people have that are over 100 years old, too. So there you go. There you have it. I do have a lot of things that are over 100 years, but they're all kind of the same. I think they're all coins. So now that you now that you say it. I do own something that's more than 100 years old, but it's not in my house. Uh, I, I own part of a Stegosaurus and Triceratops that's skeleton. Funny. Yeah, I own, I, own part, uh, I own part of some dinosaur skeletons that I have fractionally invested in. So I, I am a member of the, uh, the I, I am the member of this club. And you know what? Uh, now that you said the coins thing, I know for a fact I have some coins and some old like gold rings and stuff that are probably, I mean, the gold itself is, if you really want to get super technical, the gold itself is definitely more than 100 years old. So I, I am now part of the Cool Guys Club. I now uh, own something that is more 
than 100 years old. So I am, uh, I've joined the club here with you, Craig. There you go. As Brett would say, the old, the olden days club. He's called me so old today. I'm, I'm in the old, we're in the olden days club. Um, but yeah, that it definitely, uh, you know, coins, stamps, there are things. I do not have a baseball card of any kind. I don't even think they made them. Uh, that, that is a hundred years for sure. But those are the things at least that came to mind. You're probably right. I could probably find something else in the house, but that's what came to mind when I saw the message in the bottle, a hundred years old. And that was just found this week and it was preserved. Like, I mean, you could go online and see the story. It was a little damaged, but it was in a little bottle. Somebody wrote a note and it had the little cork and everything that you would imagine. So thought it was cool. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back next, it's time for us to give you our Sports Grid 60 as we end the show today. But don't despair. We'll be here tomorrow previewing game two of the Stanley Cup Finals. Don't go away. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, I got a very busy schedule here today. Got to put some lotion on my foot. Got to get a haircut. Uh, you know, I don't even know what I could be possibly doing. But I know one thing that I need before I end is to find out what's going on in the world of Davis Maddox. So let's turn it over to Davis as he delivers the Sports Grid 60. Yeah, so we just finished up with England, Germany. And uh, England won 2-0. Uh, Harry Kane gets another goal, another uh, consolation goal. He finally gets uh, his first goal of the tournament. Uh, hasn't necessarily been coming, but he got it. Was not a good game to watch. Uh, lots of England fans are going to be very excited. They're going to be very happy about their team. I don't necessarily know if it was uh, deserved. I think it was just a pretty bad game, and I think they got lucky to score when they did. But we do have a good game coming up here. We have Sweden versus the Ukraine. And, of course, I got a tip if you want to follow it. I like Ukraine to advance so they can win in regulation or in extra time or on penalties at plus 108 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I think Ukraine has a little bit more in the locker than Sweden, and I think they get there today. All right. Well, one thing I wanted to end on today is sort of ask a rhetorical question because it, it, it's very interesting. But you, you wonder this offseason with Major League Baseball about long-term contracts and will players still get these massive long-term deals? You may say, well, of course they will. And, and there will be players that always get that. But you could make the case this offseason that the Blue Jays got the best contract in baseball signing Marcus Simeon to a one-year deal. And the Nationals got the next best contract in signing Carl Schwarber to a one-year deal. Those guys are playing like unbelievable all-stars. And it does beg the question in the future, are we going to see more of these take-a-chance one-year deals on players than giving out these long-term deals in baseball? I mean, it certainly would indicate that possibly could be the case. 
something to consider for your favorite baseball team in the offseason instead of signing these guys to five-year, $200 million deals. They just take a shot on the one-year deal and go from there. That'll do it for our show. Thank you to Connell over at LTN, no doubt. Thank you to Danny and Ryan and, of course, our producer, Brett Levy, from the olden days. For my co-host, Davis Maddock, I'm Craig Mitch. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll catch you right here at noon tomorrow for another edition of Fantasy Sports. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.